Hi, this is George Denholm. And this is Dustin Weber. Welcome to the 5 by 2 podcast, where each week we discuss Christian discipleship. We hope that you'll find this podcast interesting and informative, but also challenging as you strive to grow in your discipleship to Jesus, our Lord and Savior. For this episode, we're going to be talking with Katie Meadows, who is the Kids Ministry Assistant here at St. Peter's, as we continue our discussion on faith in the home. So Katie, we appreciate you taking the time to, to join the podcast with us today. Can you get us started by just telling us a little bit about yourself, whatever you want to share, and then I know George will have a few more additional questions from that. Sure, yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. So yes, my name is Katie Meadows. I've been in kids ministry for the last two years, and my husband, Daniel, is an engineer at Cummins. We have three littles. They are fifth, fourth, and kindergarten, so this is the first year we are all at one school, and I am enjoying it. One drop off, one pick up. Pretty impressive. Nice. Then that changes when you get to middle school or junior high. We have this discussion yes. all the time. So that'll change in a few years. But mm-hmm. for right now, you got that one thing. But now let's go back a little bit. How did you and Daniel meet? Sure. So we are graduates from the lovely uni- University of Kentucky Wildcats, where we are both engineers by trade. So we met a few years into our studies, but we're both from Kentucky originally. I'm from northern Kentucky, Campbell County, right by actually Cincinnati. I can see it from the second floor of our house, the sky line and then Daniel's for more like northeastern just an hour and a half down by Maysville and you started out as an engineer also right yeah so I first started as an intern I did that a few summers my brother also lived up here and worked for Cummins which was great I could always live with him free room and board but no I first started in test engineering within mid-range and then moved into owning components and helping develop and test those on engine and then finished up in functional excellence for product validation so there's a lot of big words in there Cummins words like most of us have been in Columbus for a while have started to pick up some of those words like test cells and I always wonder what test cells that where like kids sit while they take a test but you were like in the efficiency is that what so the last role I was in yes I helped with developing processes to ensure that we were using our resources wisely and also keeping it standard across the board so that was after they combined light duty mid-range and heavy duty and we were all trying to accomplish the same thing, but we were sometimes doing it in different ways. And so I love processes. I love to fix things that are broken. I'm a problem solver. So it was great because I got to talk to the different organizations, what's working for you, what's not, how can we come together, create a new process, document it so that it's ready to go for all the new hires or people that are transitioning because Cummins loves to move people around every few years. And uh, that's the last role that I had there before staying home with my kids. Well, and that experience in Cummins has helped you a lot as you've come into St. Peter's. I know personally, like when we talk about some processes, we've been doing the child protection training for 27 years now, but now having come in with fresh eyes in the kids ministry and kind of having that analytical process and, you know, efficiency kind of background, you've looked at it and said, hey, can we do this a little bit better? And I think we all need that to kind of have somebody that comes in there, the balance of a team, right? Definitely. Not everybody in a team has the same skills, but we work together. You know, I always use that example of, of the body when I was teaching uh, junior high kids about the importance of every one of you has got skills and gifts and talents i bring that up again when i do the new member shape class god brings us together because the balance of the team which then i could bridge you on the team at st peter's how did you get to be part of the kids mid team great question so i have been yes here for two years now and it all came about after listening to god um, nudge me 
back in the springtime of 2021 when we did the church-wide study of being a missionary in your neighborhood. And I remember sitting on my couch listening to that sermon and thinking, wow, okay, I, I feel this okay, what can we do? And soon after they introduced the idea of doing the neighborhood VBSs because we weren't ready for the large 400 kids after COVID. And we were blessed enough to have the space at our farm to accommodate something like that. And I got to meet Shelly Carruthers, who was leading kids ministry at the time and ironically just lived a mile down the road. And she is a neighbor in the country. So it was great to be able to partner with her and to host the VBS and meet a lot of other families in our neighborhood, some from St. Peter's and some that aren't. And that was a great way to introduce ourselves to the neighbors. We had only been there about a year. And again, during COVID, we hadn't had a chance to knock on doors and introduce ourselves. So that was a great time. And then that just kind of snowballed until where you... Yeah, so Shelly, through our friendship, knew that I wanted to go back part-time eventually to Cummins. And she needed some extra hours here at St. Peter's and my youngest was going to St. Paul's for 10 hours a week. And Shelly said, that would be awesome. What do you think about just like kind of trying this out? And it just went from there. And I was, yes, I was able to use a lot of my skills from Cummins and also provide a way to really give back. It was really neat to see the skills that I could bring from Cummins when helping with all the different initiatives we had in kids ministry, whether it was organizing things for a Sunday morning or helping launch our Play and Grow group. Well, we'll talk about Play and Grow later on. Let me uh, ask you another question about growing up. So did you grow up in a Christian home? I did. So I was very fortunate to have a very strong Christian faith in my family. Um, we actually practiced at the Catholic Church growing up, and I did the CCD classes and Sunday morning classes, and together we, yeah, we go to church on Sundays. And did Daniel also grow up in a Christian home? Yeah, he did. His was just a smaller non-denominational Christian church in the country, but he did Bible Bowl growing up. That was a new one. I did not know what that was until we met. My nieces and nephews have been in Bible Bowl. There's a lot of memorizing to do in that, right? Yes, that is one of his skills. All right, All right good. Now, so growing up in Christian homes, then you obviously wanted to raise your kids to know Jesus. And so what have you and Daniel been doing intentionally to nurture the faith life of your kids? A variety of things, for sure. Right now, the two things that come to mind would be encouraging prayer and also serving. And so with prayer, of course, around mealtime, we'll do that, but also travel prayers. My dad would drop us off at school on his way to work. And so we would start the day off in prayer and, um, you know, building that relationship with the Lord and speaking from the heart. And then at nighttime, we have a routine that we've been doing probably for about three years, which is doing a short devotion. And we just use a book, 365 Days of Kindness, or right now the Veggie Tales book has been what we've done. And it's great. It's just a few short verses. You hash out the message, have a challenge for what you're going to do with that the next day. And then we'll finish out with doing the Lord's Prayer, which is a great way for our youngest to, to learn and memorize that with every night, the repetition. And then go around and do prayers and praises and see what's on their hearts that day. And it's neat to see how they have grown in their prayer life and their relationship with the Lord through that. That sounds like a great way not only to nurture their faith life, but also kind of to bond your family together too. Yeah, so we definitely get to hear what's going on in their life through that. There are nights, of course, where 
it's pretty short, but there's those moments where you're like, wow, I had no idea that you were dealing with that at school or that that was just something weighing on your heart. So. And so did you find like bedtime's the best time to do that? Have you tried other times? Nighttime is best for us. We have had to do it in the car rides at times, but I feel for us the nighttime routine. And of course, our oldest doesn't go to bed right after that, but she can then go to her room and read and whatnot. But we try to encourage, okay, everyone's getting ready for bed. And we come back together around the couch and we are talking about our day and praying together that's something we talked about with Desiree is that every family's got to find their rhythm and what works best for them and so like the end of the day is great for you others may have it at a different time but I think that most of us agree that trying to talk to kids or even adults right after school right after work isn't always the most effective definitely and we all need different things at different phases in your life so for us we haven't done this forever this is like I said the last three years when we had younger ones that needed to be isolated to themselves before bedtime. We had a different routine and it may have been more one-on-one, but it's been really great to do it as a family. Yeah, I think for us as, as foster parents, we've found that the evening is usually a good time to have those you know meaningful conversations to do our Bible stories and things like that, because whether it's them trying to avoid going to sleep or whatever it is, that's a lot of times where they're more willing to have those kind of conversations or they'll actually like say things and it's like they're opening up in that moment and to be able to then have that conversation. Obviously, we don't let it go too long because they <laughs> need to get to sleep too for their health. Um, but also you mentioned kind of in the car, we found sometimes in the car too is especially if they don't have devices or anything in the back like they don't really have anything so we can just have a family discussion then and a lot of times they're willing to open up there as well but yeah right after school <laughs> probably not the the best time and I, i'm the same way you know, right when i have to work i need a little bit of decompressing time just downtime before uh yeah before i have conversations or whatever well and i think that's also the importance of knowing the people in your family you know uh, we had a daughter that she needed a snack immediately after school. Otherwise, she was very hangry <laughs> and, and we couldn't get a word out of her besides cr- complaining and moaning. So that's one of the things, again, knowing your family. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that that's great to gather around that time with prayer. You can even pray about the things that come up. You know, you're really worried about the test. Around. Well, let's take a little extra minute and pray for that. So it's so great. Are there some other things that you've found that are really helpful in nurturing your kids? Yeah, so serving is something that's always been close to my heart. And with our kids, we want to instill that as well, to think about others, look outward. And we have lots of blessings from God that we can share, whether it is time or resources. And so with working in kids ministry, our kids definitely have opportunities every week with helping prepare for lessons, setting up for different events. But also we encourage, okay, so we know that this person just had a baby or surgery How can we bless them? So whether it's a meal or cookies, and one of my favorite things that we do are blessing bags for the homeless. And that started back when I was in Mothers of Preschoolers, MOPS, probably about six years ago. We just did that as an outreach um, community activity one meeting. And it's a simple thought, but it's a really great way to get the kids hands on with helping to bless others and to be aware of those in our community that could use a little help. And so right now it would be a bag, you know, with some hygiene items, some snacks, a warm pair of socks, maybe some new gloves and having those ready in our car, ready to hand out to those in need. We've also done where you would include like a little piece of art from the kids or a card and together trying to pray over that before passing it on. And that would be like instead of just throwing a dollar out the door as you drive by. Yeah, that that's the goal. But then when we're out of those bags, yes, we 
do do that as well. So, you know, as you're thinking about those blessing bags, if somebody wanted to do that, it's just a simple thing. There's probably somewhere online that you could get the ideas about what to stick in. or Probably. I mean, just think about what would be helpful in that time of year. So in the summertime, it might be extra chapstick or sunblock, sunglasses. Think about just the things we take for granted and then maybe put a really nice treat in there. Think about ways that you can uplift them. And so it's just an easy, fun way to get the kids involved, whether it's walking around Walmart and throwing things in and then we actually will you know sit down on the, the floor and pack them together well, I was just thinking it's not just good for kids but like anybody could do that definitely if you, if, you know so your advice for families also works for anybody that could just have those in their cars absolutely a lot of great stuff there Katie of all the different things but if somebody's listening and been like you know I really desire to have more faith conversations with my kids at home what are maybe some first steps because they may be hearing all that and like whoa like I don't do any of that and that's that's okay they're like I want to take a first step do you have any thoughts on that of more of a just a simple step just to get the ball rolling to get things started sure and first I would say don't compare yourself to others right we all have different strengths we're all in different places in our life and you will find what works for your family but one thing that you can do right now is download the parent Q app so we love that here in kids ministry it's a free app that helps introduce the lessons that we're teaching on Sunday morning whether you are there or not, you can apply that. And it's great ways to start those conversations with your kids. But honestly, working on your own faith walk, I think is really important and letting the kids be involved in that. Let them see you opening the Bible app, let them see you pray. And that alone will open doors to those conversations for sure. Yeah. So you're saying that as a parent, you can't teach what you don't have. You've got to nurture that faith. Definitely. And so, like, I'm going to just bring up again, I think all three of you that ladies that work for Children's Ministry have mentioned it. I just want to highlight that Parent Q, free app for your phone, Parent Q, C U E, gives you just some great conversations. They're not all about faith either. Some right. of them are just, hey, let's get this conversation rolling, what's going on in your life. But it's not just, how was your day at school, <laughs> right? Right. It, it gives you more of a, a conversation starter. And I think uh, one thing we found is with the kids in our home, again, as foster parents, that just like the beginner's children's Bible, Mm -hmm. like with the different pictures and stuff has been huge. And I'll be honest, it's even helpful for me sometimes going through and reading it. You know, it's just like a simpler way to like read through things and just a reminder of like, oh, yeah, I remember reading that in the Bible or things like that. But but yeah, just finding those resources, whatever, whether it's Parent Q or the beginner's children's Bible, whatever it may be. There's countless resources out there nowadays. There's so many resources and different versions of Bibles, which you touching on. I remember the very first time that I came in contact with an action Bible where it was all comic strips. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is my my jam. I like this. Not that I'm a comic person, but I'm already more numbers than words. So it was a really great way for me to sit down with my son and go through some of the stories. So since you're talking about your son and, and doing the, the work with your son, having been a parent, how does that influence what you do with children's ministry or how you've helped direct children's ministry? Yeah, it definitely has. I mean, that's my life. And I see the importance of making sure that the children of today are learning the truths that are written out in our Bible and that they are loved and that they are chosen and they are worth something because they're getting so many different inputs from all around. And these kids really are sponges. They're watching, they're listening, they're mimicking. And so that 
really helps set the tone for everything that I want to do when I walk in this door. Also, I would say it really helped me as a mom to see how important it was to have people walk alongside of me. So while we are working with these kids for a short time on a Sunday morning, how can we help the parents, equip those parents throughout the week? So we already talked about the resources, but I love that I was able to bring out the Play and Grow, previously known as Jesus and Me Jam Group, so that we can get young families together to build relationships and have another way to nurture those kids with lessons when we get together and pray together. So that also brings in some of your past with like systems work and processes, you know, that you see that it's a bigger picture than just kids men or youth men. It's all about us as the body of Christ working together. We've got the hand and the foot and the eye and the ear and each one of us has a function and part of that function is to support the other. Yes. So great. What is it that's coming up in children's ministry that excites you? Is there something you want to share? So, of course, we have Jingle Jam, and our registration filled up so quickly. We had a blast last year with Gingerbread Bash, and so that is exciting. But honestly, as a church, I am thrilled about the connect groups that we have launched and hoping to see where that goes for our church, growing younger and deeper and building relationships. We're a large large church and it did take some time for Daniel and I to truly you know sink down roots and I think that this provides an opportunity for folks to make those connections sooner and we were blessed to be able to be part of a small group for many years it was based out of a different church but we were able to do life together we still do life together and seeing what the families here will be able to gain from that I'm excited whether it is just having more friends that can help you stay accountable in Christ and go have fun or maybe finding ways to serve together as a group would be neat. Yeah. You know, again, that goes back to the whole thing with the systems. You need that support. You need what other people can bring some ideas that you haven't thought about. Dustin, I know that you've been thinking through this and a lot of what of what Katie has shared with us fits right in with our five by two approach to discipleship. Absolutely. I feel like it was, yeah, all over the place. Um, you talked about doing devotions or getting in scripture and how important that is for us or if we have kids in our lives. Right. And so you talked about praying with your family and things like that. So you kind of phrase it more as acts of service, but the same thing, you know, blessing others, finding those ways of you know, the blessing bags. That's a, an awesome idea. Just find those little ways of how can I bless somebody each and every day of those people that God places on our path. And it can be something as, as simple as a smile or, you know, if we're in line at a grocery store and maybe the person in front of us is rude to the, the cashier, like just being the kind and, and lift them up. There's like we can find those different ways to bless people and it doesn't have to be these complex things. Like it can be very simple being there for people. Also, this the meaningful conversations that you talked about with your family in, in the evening time. And obviously, it's more than that. But, you know, that's kind of a, a good time for your family. So all of those are, I think, important. You know, those those tools that God has given us that we can encourage one another to grow in our faith. And I think something else that, that really stood out to me is you talked about how kids are watching and they're seeing. And so how yes. you said that it's so important that those first steps is, you know, we work on our own faith life and to continue to grow because as we're living it out, kids are going to see that right and they're going to see how we act or how we treat one another or yeah the things we say whatever it may be they're picking up on those things even when we don't think they are oh, because yes. you know i i noticed that as like oh you noticed that i did that or said that they're always watching so i think that's another important thing too of just keeping in mind of yeah just being aware of that that your kids are watching and seeing what you're doing so saying one thing and doing another they see that so 
So that reminds me of the last thing I want to say, that idea that kids see you. When I was working with teens, I heard this all the time from parents. Should we make our kids go to church? Well, if you're asking that question, you've already set up a pattern that it's optional, right? And I know, Katie, I can use you guys as an example. You and Daniel worship faithfully. And I'm sure for you, and it's like the same thing for us, it's not a question about are we going to church this weekend. It's maybe right. a question about when are we going to church. But it's just your regular family's pattern. And kids see that pattern. They catch that it's important to you. So you don't have to say you have to go. Well, maybe you might say that once or twice when they get to be 13, 14. But you go, yes, we, we're going. Uh, we want to go. But also you guys have set that pattern. That, you know, I know that Daniel's in Bible study with me. And, and you probably are serving during that yeah. time. And so you're not able to. But when, when you're not serving, I know that you look for that Bible study. Kids catch that. They catch you reading your Bible. They catch you praying. They observe what's going on. So again, parents, just to be aware, what you do has an impact. You know, And so we want to watch our language. We want to set those positive behaviors that our kids can see. Katie, is there anything you'd like to add before we wrap up? No, just thanks for having us, and we're excited for Kids Ministry and what's to come and partnering with everyone here at St. Peter's. One other thought I had on that, George, of you talking about that our kids are watching us, and the other thing is just know we all make mistakes. And honestly, that Uh can speak volumes when you're like, you admit to your kid that, hey, I messed up, you know, I'm sorry. If it's towards them or just say, you know, I need to ask for forgiveness in this situation, that can be huge. Like a kid being like an adult is apologizing to me. So don't beat yourself up like, oh, I made this mistake because we all do just know that that's another opportunity then to potentially be a growth in faith for you, but also your kid watching. That, I so. agree. We are not perfect. And we also don't have all the right answers. So this reminds me of something I did recently. We had a devotion that we did with as a family and my son asked me a question and I did not have the answer. And I said, that is a good question. I'm not 100% sure how I want to respond. Let me check into that and get back to you. And who did I go to? George Denholm. And he, you know, was wonderful. And he gave me some suggestions and wisdom. And I came back to Thomas and we had a good conversation. So we don't have all the answers. And that's okay. And even George Denham doesn't have all the answers, even though he might say it. (laughs) I was going to add with what Dustin said and then what Katie said just triggered that with me too. No matter how old we are, we can also learn from kids. You know, there's a mutual thing that, you know, sometimes our experienced eyes don't look at the Bible with an openness. And the kids bring that up and it's like a freshness. You go, oh, I never thought about that. So we can all learn from each other no matter what age. George is wonderful and wise sometimes and on some topics. Not all, not all. I just want to throw that out there. So, Katie, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. We greatly appreciate it. And to all our listeners, thank you for listening. And we look forward to continuing these discipleship conversations and continuing to talk about the 5 by 2 Now, go out and serve God and others.